0: Hello and welcome to The Long Talk here on New Zealand Sports Radio and yes we have a fantastic one today because you know what I've already talked to her partner so maybe just maybe we'll, we'll have some uh, insights or some, 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 some interesting questions to ask her. Uh, we'll see if she's listened to her, fr- uh, her partner's interview already but today we have Francesca Kirwin how are you doing? Hello Paul
2: I'm good how are you?
0: Very good, thank you. And actually, I don't think I even mentioned the sport you're doing. Um, beach volleyball is what you're is, is, is where you're an international um, at the um, and is is. But looking at your record, that's not kind of where you started. What what? what how, where did you start in sport?
2: Um, well, my mother's Italian and my dad is Kiwi, so um, I was born in New Zealand, but I moved to Italy when I was ten. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I kind of fell in love with. Um, volleyball. Um, Italy's quite big in indoor volleyball, so that's where I started. And I played uh, indoor volleyball around the north of Italy for about eight years.
0: Oh, you've you've zoomed on way, way past where we're going to. So what kind of age did you start playing volleyball? and Was was that your first sport? um,
2: Well, it, it was quite late, actually. It was when I was about 14.
0: Okay. Yes. So, so were you sporty before then? Did you? Were you was, it, was, it, was it hockey? Was it Not football? Not really. Or?
2: Like, I tried a bit of everything. So grow, growing up in New Zealand, you know, you try and play um, quite a few sports. Um, I tried netball when I was really little. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I went to Italy, and my mum used to be a volleyball player. So um, she was the one who got me into indoor volleyball over there. So, yeah, that's where I started. And it was quite intense, even at 14 over there. So, yeah. Um, I sort of knew from the start that it was going to be my thing. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: and so over in, in Italy, is is the indoor scene much bigger than the, than the beach scene? Because it seems over here that the beach scene is kind of perhaps where people gravitate to, uh, to um, after school.
2: Definitely. Um, the main difference between the two countries, apart from the population, because obviously in um, Italy there's 65 million people, so you've definitely got a wider range of um, players, but the main um, difference is that initially we um, school is quite intense and the we don't play sports for our school so basically um, there's a bunch of clubs who have like under uh, nine under 11 under 13 and then you go with the under 14 under 18 teams and they all build up to then become to then be a top team so um, from the age of like 10 years old if you're playing a professional sport you are aiming to be part of that top team so
0: so um, when so when you say top team uh, basically that you, there, there's a professional volleyball league and that's it, it all exactly. of those all those levels are building up as kind of like an academy exactly. for that top exactly.
2: team yeah that's it so every club can can belong to a different category so we've got in volleyball for example we've got A a2 b1 b2 c d and then all the other divisions so if you're in a really good club you might be um, aiming to you know go in the top team that is really high in the ranking so it might belong to an a or a B. or if then you're kind of like a lower grade then you'll be aiming at a lower division but there's still kind of always that competitive nature and um like a really um Big focus on improving technically in order for you to be ready for that top division once you grow up. In fact, when you finish school at about eighteen, um, a, a lot of people just stop playing because it's just too intense, and they sort of, you know, decide to go on with uni or whatever. Because once you get to that age and you get to that top team, that's when it starts to get too intense. So you probably, yeah, can't do both things in life.
0: OK, so it's not there isn't a big social playing scene uh, in Italy. It's 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 very it's a, bit, a bit like sort of NFL in the States where you kind of play American football and you're professional or you don't play.
2: Definitely. That's exactly it. In fact, I, I, yeah, I made a lot of friends playing volleyball. And then, um, yeah, it, half of them just dropped out because it was just getting too intense and they wanted to, you know, do their own thing. So, yeah, that's how it works pretty much.
0: Okay, so so that's with that professional team at the top. That means you got taught how to be a professional athlete from a pretty young age. Then it was all about nutrition, how to do your 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 kind of your weights or your or your kind of off court training. Um, That was all you you learned. All that at a pretty early stage.
2: Definitely, yeah. Um, Well, I come from a pretty sporty family, so I was already pretty obsessed with that but you know without um, people telling me that but definitely yes um, you learn a lot of things about um, being an athlete about being part of a team um, so yeah definitely that's something that um, is taught from a really young age uh, so yeah
0: well yeah I can see now why um, uh, why Livia was saying you guys have are uh, kind of different in the fact that she came through a, a, a much less structured program um, uh, up to, up to that stage and so, yeah came across the sort of the athlete piece of it much later in her career um that yeah. it sounds like you did so what sort of level of sport did your parents play did they play international sport or were or or, or, um, or just um...
2: so my my mum um played uh volleyball in italy um, she played indoor she never represented the country but she played in the b category so mm-hmm. it was pretty high at that time um and um yeah dad played rugby
0: um, he yeah he represented New Zealand uh, back in the day so yeah. Oh hang on oh okay so the, the surname is starting to to, to ring names now <laughs> ring bells I I thought it was a coincidence but um, okay
2: yeah that's him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so John Cohen yes so John okay um, all right yeah so yeah okay so we have got some yeah some serious serious athletes when we talk about it as as, as mum and dad to as, as for, for guidance in that um, in that kind of space how. We sometimes talk about so. How much did they want you to be, or did they sort of steer you in the professional sporting direction? And how much of it was was did, did you feel that was you, you were being guided that way from an early stage, or or how?
2: Um, well, not. I mean, we grew up as a as being sporty, but they never kind of pushed us to play a particular sport. Or mm-hmm. um, they, I mean, dad, dad, obviously, kid. Because when I was in Italy, school was quite intense. So yeah. the only thing that dad cared about was that I got a top grade in uh, physical education and in English. <laughs> um, so, but apart from that, um, no, they definitely just wanted us to do our own thing as long as we loved it. Um, and I remember in particular my younger brother, Luca. Um, he, uh, so he moved back to New Zealand when he was about 14 and um we went to college here in Auckland and started to play rugby, because that's what he used to do when he was in Italy. And he absolutely got smashed and started to hate it. And I just remember one day, um, you know, dad saying to him, mate, you don't need to play if you don't like it. And Lucas said, dad, to be honest with you, I, I'm not a big fan of rugby. So then he switched on to rowing and he absolutely loves it. So no matter what we do, as long as we do it 100%, they're fine with that.
0: Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Um, so what's, are the, I know in, in Spain that quite a lot of teams are associated That <coughs> sorry, your Barcelona football teams, they're not just football team, they are also a volleyball, basketball, etc. they're a whole group of teams. So which team did, were you associated with, with, a, with, a, with a team name that we'd recognise from other sports when, when you were in Italy? Um,
2: so for a, a, a long period of time, I played um, with Cisley, which um, some people might know as the Benetton group. Ah. So in in Treviso, um, which is about half an hour from Venice, which is where my mum's from and where we lived for 10 years, um, there's this um, big um, sports centre called Girada where um, the Benetton rugby play, Benetton basket used to play and, and Sizzly volleyball. Um, but then, um, sort of the sizzly volleyball disintegrated and disappeared after the financial crisis. So now it's only basketball and rugby. Okay. Um, yeah, I was playing for them when I was younger. So yeah.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so, uh, for for, the, for those that yeah, Benetton, the rugby team play in the Pro 14, which is yeah, the professional, the, the, the Celtic Professional League, um, exactly. Which is which is there. Um, so you did that, and you played up to so so. So do you play uh, B, A? What, what what kind of level did you did you end up playing professionally?
2: So my club when I was growing up um, was part of the C league. So mm-hmm. once I got to the top, um, I was playing with the top team of my club, which was in C. Then I moved up to B two, B one, and then my last year we got into the A one, A two category. Sorry. Um, and my goal was always to be part of A one, but when I was twenty one, I realised that I wasn't quite good enough. For it, so that's when I decided um, my last year to um, move back to New Zealand um, and just have a change of um, scene and see, yeah, how how life would be over here. So that's when I gave up indoor volleyball in Italy.
0: So in indoor volleyball, you've got six players on the court. Um, Now I must, I'm not a well, I I know very little about indoor volleyball to be to be be honest. Um, So what kind of position did you play?
2: So I was an outside hitter. Okay. Um, so it's a pretty good position because although there's six people, you're always involved in the game quite a lot because you get to pass as well. Um, so that definitely made the transition to beach volleyball um, slightly easier. Um, if I would have been a middle or a setter, these you've only got that one touch, so I would have struggled to, yeah, to so, transit.
0: So when we're so when we're watching. Uh, this occasion, which were, I guess at the Olympics is where most people will, will perhaps catch a little bit of volleyball. You're the person that's actually, um, striking the spikes, actually trying to slam it down and, and uh, score yeah. the point.
2: Mostly on the left
0: side of the court. Yeah. So yeah. that's me. Yeah. That used to be a role. Um, yes. Cause when I'm looking at your record, it's, um, uh, on the, uh, F I V B, um, website, it looks like your first event that you entered was in 2018. So, um, and as, as you say, as, as it looks like you're, you're 26 now, that's a pretty late entry, That what you mean, about 24, um, 23, 24, that's pretty late entry into beach volleyball, isn't it?
2: Very late, very late. Um, in fact, going back, I wish I would have started earlier because... Um, I definitely think that would have been an advantage for me. Um, the The problem that I had was um, my mum being Italian and my dad being Kiwi. Every single time I was on summer break when I used to play indoor in Italy, um, I used to come here back to New Zealand. Um, and that was June, July, August. So it was New Zealand winter. So I completely skipped the beach volleyball season in um, Italy, and I never actually had a chance—not even to play beach volleyball for fun. So I didn't even have a clue that it was like a competitive sport, or you know, it was something serious. Um, and so, yeah, I, that's the only probably regret that I have that I didn't sort of have the opportunity to meet beach volleyball when I was a bit younger.
0: Um, so, so, so what? So, for <clears throat> I'm just trying to think when. Um... Your dad was coaching in Italy, but that must have been what? So you had some, like uh, four to eight years without a summer, where you just exactly. kept doing winter after exactly.
2: winter. Exactly. I was going from winter to winter, and that's why now I'm just going from summer to summer because I'm pretty <laughs> sick of winter.
0: <laughs> oh, fantastic! Um, the um, yeah, get get out there and uh, yeah, slap the sunscreen on and, and just enjoy the warmth. Um,
1: exactly.
0: Very good. So the so you you decided in sort of twenty seven what well, I guess towards the end of twenty seventeen to to try to come back here and try this out uh, the, the old beach volleyball. How much I mean, clearly you've, you 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 uh, you're playing with the same ball. You, um, you've got this, Obviously, it's over a net. So a, a, there's a lot of transferable skills there. How did, did you find there was a lot to learn, or did you, or, or was it a fairly smooth transition?
2: Um. I think um, my I was a bit advantaged just because um, I'm quite athletic. So um, I was absolutely shocked when I went out for my first training. Um, the rules were completely different, the way um, I was moving on court, where the ball is supposed to go when you touch it, when you pass it, when you set it. Um, so it definitely was a huge transition for me. I feel like I'm still... Learning as I go because some things are, because I I learnt indoor volleyball from a young age. Some things are really mechanic in you, and they they're natural. So for that to completely change is is really is still really difficult today. So it was a huge transition for me.
0: Okay, so, t- so tactically it's a very different sport. Uh, in-
2: yeah, apart from the fact as you mentioned before that there's two people instead of six, so you're always involved in the game. Um, and, yeah, just finding that in indoor volleyball, all I needed to do was just pass, run out, and hit the ball, pass, run out, and hit the ball, whereas here um, I'm actually thinking about every single move that my partner and myself do on court and the opposition as well. So, yeah, it's definitely, yeah,
0: huge, huge difference. <laughs> um, and in indoor volleyball, do you rotate the serving, or is it, say, so did you have to learn how to serve as well, or was, or was that another yeah. skill...
2: Yeah, no, we, we all serve. yeah Okay,
0: so, so at, least you, at least you had that, what, that piece. I
2: had that, yeah. <laughs> I definitely had the basics, which was good. It was just a matter of turning those basics into actually running on the sand as well.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that's the other difference, isn't it? Is, is, is the surface that you're playing on um, indoor, it's clearly it's a solid surface, um, one that would be used for sort of badminton, uh, net, um, basketball. Exactly. Um, then to go out where you're in sand. So did you have to change change up your, um, uh, your kind of training regime to build a bit more cardio or was or, or did you find that actually your training regime is pretty similar?
2: Um, no, it definitely changed. Um, so I used to do a lot of cardio with um, indoor as well, but with beach I had to focus more on um, being explosive and trying to getting down on the sand and getting back fast up again and um, completely different, yeah. The change of direction, the balance that you have in indoor um, compared to sort of always being in a hole and getting back out in the sand. So definitely my um, training changed. Also the weights um, in indoor we just used to lift heavy, um, whereas um, now it's a matter of um, sort of being as light as um, I can. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously being a foodie, that is quite difficult. But um, I train heaps and yeah, try to be careful. So.
0: So the minute that really doesn't have your heights on here, but the photos I've looked at, you look pretty tall. Now, your role is 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 as a defender, with Olivia being a blocker. Um, are are, are you tall for a defender?
2: Um, I think now nowadays even the defenders are quite tall. Um, so no, I'm eight, I'm one eighty one. Um, so not, yeah, not super high, but yeah. I've got some height, which is always good for attack.
0: What's uh, sorry? What's one eighty-one in in feet and?
2: Oh, um, I've got no idea. Sorry, go in centimeters. Um, I'm not sure.
0: I'll have to. I'll, I'll, one I'll, one. I'll, I'll try and quickly Google what that is. But um, the as, as as we keep talking, but um, yeah. So okay. So yeah, one of the other things that I was chatting with uh, Mike Watson um, this uh, this week, and he mentioned that sometimes, um, especially in the deeper sand. That the the workload on the defender can be pretty onerous, and that um, it helps if you can switch around and and do the blocking to to to, to reduce that. Is that something you and that you've you and Olivia do, or do or or do you stay fixed in, in your roles? Oh,
2: no, so we don't do that. Um, first of all, um, Liv is um, a huge blocker; like that's her specialty. She's really good at that, so we um, tend to keep her on the net. Um, just to sort of keep that threat for the opposition. Um, and secondly, if I go up the net, I don't know if it would be <laughs> very, very good for team. just because there's a whole bunch of um, technical skills that I would need to learn to do that, because a lot of the game is um, all about the pulling off the net as well. So when, when the um, opposite attacker is not close to the net, um, the blocker, instead of staying to block, can actually pull off the net and defend the ball instead of blocking it and that yeah that takes quite a bit of skill as well so I feel like Liv is probably more specialized in that and I I'd just rather stay at the back
0: so five foot nine is the uh is is, is the conversion
2: um home. <laughs> there you go
0: <laughs> so yes there you go. um the and since you since you've come over let's let's see you've um Looking at where you've been in, uh, in in 2018, you, you did a little um, European tour over in Italy, Hungary, uh, then you came back for the Asian Championships in, in Thailand. Um, now, that was the, the Asian Championships, was something that Olivia was saying was, was kind of the, from a, a crowd and an atmosphere point of view, was perhaps one of your biggest events that you guys have been to. How did that compare to your, your indoor experiences in? Uh, in Italy, did did you get big crowds, or did you find that uh, a, a new experience?
2: Um, so definitely, um, there were yeah, there, there were games with a lot of crowd. Um, I found that in particular, there was one year that I played in A one, but I didn't I didn't start. I was just on the bench. Um, they wanted to develop me as a young player. And um, that was when I was like, wow, this is it. The, the, the stadium was full of people um, and it was, yeah, it was amazing. Like the games that you see on TV. So that would have probably been my peak in terms of crowd.
0: And yeah, Olivia says that she finds that the, the, the atmosphere in the crowd is something that pumps her up uh, and she feeds off that. Is Are you a kind of an emotional player in the same way or, do, or are you much more about your, your processes uh, and, and your and, and sort of, being in the zone uh, and sort of energizing yourself in other ways
2: yeah so that um yeah Liv and I are quite different um on that aspect she's um she really loves like she can hear the music sometimes we laugh because during the game she's like oh I I love this song like a song will start playing she's like I love the song and I'm like I'm not even hearing that song so I'm a very yeah introvert and I just concentrate just being focused and for me like there can be thousands and thousands of people, but I'm still, yeah, playing that game, just me and Liv, So yeah. <laughs>
0: um, and so does that mean that you have a set routine that you like to do before each game? Uh, I talked to when remember reading Jerry Collins' book, and he was saying how he has does the exact same thing for the hour before a rugby game. Are you are you, are you heavily routine based like that as well?
2: Um. Yeah, I am, and also for the warm up, I like to do um the same stuff all the all the time in the same order. So yeah. Pretty,
0: pretty strict on it. Now it's it's interesting. It's a yeah, different. Um, uh, it's, it's one of the one of the things that athletes, different athletes work in in different ways. But you can quite often, um, having the, uh, the a lot of rugby players talk about having a black book, which where they have like the three or four things they want to they want to work on during that game, and they check and they remind themselves before that before a game, and that's part of their review process as well. Are you structured in in that kind of way as well? As to write these are things I need to work on. Uh, and have reminders or or key words to... to... Um,
2: I think, yeah, I think the good thing uh, with being just the two of us, um, it's really good because we can just talk about what worked and what not and what we can do the next game, Um, in particular when we went on tour um, because we had so many games week in and week out. um, You kind of have, it's like a flow. So you're like, oh, look, we're, you know, let's work on this for this game. And then that worked, but something else didn't work. So you want to focus on that other thing as well. So um, definitely, um, I'm not someone who writes down stuff. But um, yeah, I definitely think about what I want to work on, what I did wrong, what I did right, and what I can improve on.
0: And um, when you travel, you, you it's just the two of you traveling most of the time. So you don't have a coach, you don't have a video analyst, you don't have a physio, you don't have all of that support around you. Mark was talking about how he was having to sometimes run off and set cameras and uh, and do their own video analysis work. Are you, do you guys? Are you? Do you guys um, do lots of video work and set up your own cameras to video not only your own games but also opposition games?
2: Yeah, we had a little um, tripod with a with our phone, um, but obviously being by ourselves and setting it up, sometimes it broke, sometimes it doesn't work. But yeah, we try and do our best with a video analysis. Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, any sponsors out there would like to give them a couple of GoPros? That um, be kind of might might be, might be kind of handy for exactly for... <laughs>
2: and
0: a video camera. And a video. <laughs> um, the so, so you've done that you, you had the Asian Championships then last year, Sydney, um, Batam, Bat, um, Batang uh, in, in Cambodia, Thailand, Langkawi, um, Thailand. That was all in kind of March, April. Um, May last year was kind of the Asian section of your tour. Obviously, this year with COVID-19, um, that's not happened. How disruptive Where would where would you have been at this time of year if uh, if it wasn't for COVID-19?
2: Well, now it's May, so definitely um, it would be that Asian Asian time again. Um, normally, um, it's quite good because April May they concentrate the Asian events all close to one another so for um, us that come from afar or the european teams they can just we can just go over for about a month and play three or four tournaments um so that works out really well so i think definitely um, this would have been the asian tour time for us
0: and then uh, then kind of the sort of june last year you you're in italy obviously speaking italian that would have been helpful for that um portugal slovenia hungary into august so was that, that that was the plan again, was to do that Asia tour?
2: Yeah, then... so basically we're obviously chasing summer, as I said before, mm. and um, the European, June, July and August in, in New Zealand are really miserable in terms of weather, um, the cold, the rain, and we don't have indoor facilities here. Um, so it's really important for us to sort of get away and, and chase um, the summer. And I think Europe, um, has a lot of t- tournaments June, July, August, so that's where we kind of, um, yeah, aim to be. I mean, we've aim- we've aimed to be there for the last couple of years just because I've had a. Um, we still have a house in Treviso, so it's been a really good base for Liv and I just to um, sort of train there and live there. And then as soon as the tournament was on, we'd travel to Portugal or Slovenia or Belgium or whatever it was. So it worked out really well.
0: So, and when you say indoor facilities, what you mean is an indoor sand? court right
2: yeah because yeah,
0: so, right, right, obviously we have there's indoor facilities in New Zealand but not yeah but when, when not sand. About yeah sand no, not, not a sand definitely sand
2: yeah
0: so from memory Torino isn't that near the beach so is there is do you have a sand court there that you can practice on
2: um so yeah Treviso has Treviso um, yeah. has a few um um facilities training facilities um and we we're also about 30, 40 minutes from the beach, okay. um, years a loss. So sometimes we'd go there to train as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. So is it? Yeah. It is. A, it is a nice, nice location. Um. Now, obviously, with that, um, looking at the prize money, uh, I think your, your biggest haul was about two hundred US dollars when you uh, came fourth in Budapest. Um. So clearly, that's there's there's not a a, um, a vast amount of money at, at the level you you, you as, as you build up. So you have to work part-time as well um, yes <laughs> <laughs> and uh you uh, work for um jk14 wines now jk14 now rings now it's quite obvious where that's where the names come from um so how much time do you if you have to go away for months on end to, or a month or around or a couple months around europe a couple of months around asia how much time do you actually have to work also with uh, on, on the on the wine business
2: um, so yeah, JK14 Wines um, is my um, our family's kind of little baby. So I started it um, in 2016 uh, with the idea of being very flexible. Um, so basically we import wines from Italy um, and I just sell them to restaurants, bars or online on our online website here in New Zealand. Um, so it's actually great because I get to manage my own time. Um, and sort of push whenever I want to push. Um, So when I'm back in Auckland, I'd go out and sell to new restaurants or have events and stuff like that, whereas when I'm away, I would just um, open my computer when I wake up, um, read all my orders, um, create the invoices, send them back to New Zealand for delivery, and then the wine would get delivered um, with the couriers. So it actually has been working out really, really well, and it's been – um great for me just because I've had the chance to yeah travel the world and do what I love and at the same time still have something ticking along here back home.
0: Okay so when you're on uh so, so when when you're on tour you, you have a sort of an hour or two each morning or or evening allocated to 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 managing the business um yeah, as 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 well. As, as well. So yeah. And when you have that European stint, do do you get to travel around and, and research a few wines as well? Is that, is that, is that part of the, yeah, the August, uh, July bit? Yeah,
2: I'm actually pretty smart. That's why I chose Italy. <laughs> um, yeah, no, definitely We um, I try just because I love bringing new stuff every year. Otherwise, I get bored. Um, so I really like to look for new wines to bring back to New Zealand. So every time I go back, I make sure I visit a couple of wineries to see what what we can bring, so yeah, that's part of it as well.
0: And so, I guess what you see so you import, you, you're still red, <clears throat> um, you're still reds and whites, uh, your proseccos, uh, a few dessert wines as well. Cause I mean, Italy's known for its known, known for some of its sweeter wines as well.
2: Yes, we have <laughs> uh, one sweet wine called Riccio, and then we also have a range of um, spirits and liqueurs from the Nardini Distillery. Um, which are really good, just as after dinner digestives, but also really good at cocktails. Cool,
0: cool. Um, the and so there's no point in me asking you what professional development you're doing for post um, uh, for post playing career because clearly it's the the wine import business. Um, the, yeah. <laughs> um, so having been only in this, wh- what is your grand goal um, for, uh, for 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 in A- M- beach volleyball? What's your what's a big target for you?
2: Um, my my goal has kind of changed throughout the years just because when I moved back here to New Zealand, I, I never thought about playing again beach volleyball. Um, and then when I got into it um, and I loved it, my goal was to represent New Zealand. Um, and then when I started representing New Zealand, um, my goal was to get to the Olympics. Um, being on tour, you... You kind of, you get an idea of the teams that are out there and how competitive um, all the other countries are and what they do just because they have a lot more support, a lot more um, sort of opportunities, um, whereas we're a bit left, you know, by ourselves. And so I think um, my goal at the moment um, is just to be the best player I can be um, and if that pushes me to wherever it's going to push me, then great. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm focusing on every day at the moment.
0: Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, when you talk about that support that other teams, that other countries get, so um, aside, aside from Volleyball New Zealand, obviously, organising a national tour here um, and organising a, a number of other um, events that, that you can take part in, is there any other support that you get from sort of coaching or? um physio uh, or or nutritional advice from from the high performance program
2: um so f- so we do get support from coaches there are there have been um a couple of lovely coaches who have helped us in the past and um have asked us only like they said we can um you know coach you and you just need to give me a couple of bottles of wine or some babysitting hours from olivia so that's been absolutely lovely um but in terms of um training and nutrition we're pretty much left on our own just because we have no um funding from yeah from high performance so it's pretty much um yeah we're left by ourselves but with what we have we try and get as much support as we can so we you know approach one coach or the other coach and team up with other New Zealand teams and yeah try and do as much as we can
0: but it's all off your own bat. It's not kind of like okay, you guys are part of our 2020, uh, 2024 um, pathway or, 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 or group, um, and therefore, hey, here's this, this, and this. That kind of that that, that kind of support that's in, that's in place for say rowing or or cycling um, isn't, um, isn't isn't kind of in place yet for for volleyball. Um, it's still a younger sport in that kind of sense.
2: Absolutely. Um, I know we have a great CEO at the moment. Um, Tony Marie Carney who is trying to change things a little bit for us so um she's been very active lately and trying to find um, some funding to organize some training camps and um, some coaching sessions so hopefully things will change in the future um I think what will what will be what will make a huge difference is probably beach volleyball's exposure um so since the Commonwealth Games um when New Zealand um, took part for the first time and the boys got a medal, probably that increased the exposure. So all we need to do is kind of um, go out there and play and kind of put New Zealand on the map with beach volleyball. And then once that sort of improves, then I think it will all come by itself, just, it came for, just like it came for rowing a few years ago. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, and just so people, people are aware that um, Mike Watson with uh, Sam O D they got themselves. They, they won the uh, the tournament in Mount Maunganui, which put themselves through to the stage three of the Olympic qualifying. So hence, hence they they bypassed stage two, and the ladies and I've gone blank as their names. Sorry, um,
2: Julia Telly and Shauna Polly.
0: Yep, two people I'm talking to. Hopefully next week, folks. So um, look out for those interviews coming out over the next two or three weeks. Um, they got them, so They were second in that tournament, so they got themselves through to the stage two of the Olympic qualifying. So. Um, so those are so that those are, are are ongoing at the moment. Now, one of the things I found interesting was that these are country qualifications. So, um, perish the thought. But if 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 the ladies got through and then got injured, then suddenly the, the their space would open up for other for other players if if uh, at the Olympics. So, one of those things that you need to keep yourself um, ready for just in case. Yes,
2: for sure. The good thing is that um, up to all that build up. Um, up to that final tournament, there's always two teams working together to qualify a spot for the country. Um, it's up to then the selection policy and the selectors to then choose the team that eventually goes. Um, so it's definitely really good, just because it's good to have another competitive team to train with and against, and um, you, you know talk about tactics, talk about the other teams from the other country. So it's I I, I think it's it's a great process having two teams.
0: Yeah, and as uh, and and you so say you're still learning the sport. It's still part of the. It's still it's still fairly early on your journey um, for this. So that's yeah. That, that that that's that that's all good. Having other people to you say bounce ideas off, learn from, exactly. uh, and, and, and train with. Now, um, with what's your favourite type of sand, or, or um, do you do, do, do you like the the, the, the shallower sand, or you, or do you prefer having a deeper? Oh so the deep is more tiring, but again, so that means that the spikes less.
2: I know this is not the right answer, but being an indoor player, I like really hard sand, so I can jump as much as I used to jump when I used to play indoor and hit the ball hard. So that's my preferred sand.
0: You prefer hard sand? Okay, that's interesting. Um, the and, uh, and and how much have you noticed the difference between the different qualities of sand, uh, and and how important is that to you? Um, from a from a playing point of view, some 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 players obviously more impacted by that, or, or, or to notice it more than others.
2: Yes, um, I'm I I don't like focusing on these um, aspects too much, um, just because that would make me go crazy. So whatever um, court I find, I just try and you know get on with it and get used to it straight away. It definitely helps getting to the um, event a couple of days before the start. Um, just because you you get used to the sand, you get used to the court, you get used to the wind, um, a lot of factors that can have a huge impact on a beach volleyball game. Um, so it, it definitely helps um, getting there prior to the um, tournament and not just getting there before the game and, and start playing because it really helps to get used to the environment before playing.
0: And that's, again, that all comes down to cost um, around all those things. That, and as we said, yeah the, yeah the prize money isn't great and whilst a lot of you, uh, or some of your costs are covered once you actually uh, buy the tournaments when you're there um yeah, obviously arriving earlier is always going to cost more than um than having to arrive than arriving at the last second so again funding becomes a big thing in there
2: yeah you got it
0: the um <laughs> uh the so ha- so how is your uh search for um sponsors uh going at the moment and ha- how have you found working with different sponsors
2: So, yes, we um, started looking about a year ago um, once we figured that we wanted to um, achieve some good goals. So we currently have two sponsors, two main sponsors, um, Westpac and Barfoot and Thompson, um, and their support has been absolutely amazing. And without them, I don't know if we would have been able to do um, what we did this year. So um, I would like to really thank them for that. Um, And... Yeah, that's, we're always looking for um, sort of product sponsors as well. We've had a few really good ones throughout the New Zealand season as well, um, together with the other beach volleyball players like our Hydro flasks, our water bottles and things like that. But I think Westpac and Barfoot and Thompson, yeah, are definitely the ones that made the difference for us.
0: Cool. Well, it's good to see those the, the, New Zealand, the yeah, back, back in the New Zealand teams and getting uh, the the young talent through and uh, giving you guys the opportunity um to, to to do that so where has been your favorite place to uh, to go to go and play what's what's been your favorite tournament
2: my favorite tournament that's a good one um so I obviously love playing in Italy just because that's my um, I call it my my home country but um, my favorite tournament would probably be um, Budapest because that's where we got our best result. We came, we got to a semi-final and unfortunately lost um, and came fourth. But um, in terms of results, it was definitely my favourite tournament just because we kept on... When you progress throughout a tournament, you keep playing another game, another game, another game. So, um, yeah, I really, really loved that
0: tournament. OK, so it's more the result rather than it. So the atmosphere, and as I guess, as you mentioned, you concentrate on the game... You, and you shut out the the, the kind of uh, the periphery things. So yeah, so it's more about how you guys did rather than necessarily the setup of the tournament and how everything's around it, which is in, yeah, interesting. Whereas Olivia was talking about, yeah, she loved the um, uh, the the Asia Championships because again, the noise, the volume, the the, the crowd.
2: Yeah, um, I mean that was a really good tournament, but we got knocked out straight away, so that's <laughs> definitely not top of my list.
0: But. <laughs> On your, on, your on your favourite memories um, The so, so when do you think you're going to be back to uh, do, do you know yet as to what the rest of this year is going to look like for you with, with COVID-19? Um,
2: so, unfortunately no, it's a bit all over the place just because with this COVID-19 situation we don't know um, how everything is going to go. I think in, in New Zealand we're definitely in a good spot um, because the Prime Minister has tackled it really well and we've we've only yeah just got two cases yesterday let's see how we go today and what level we go to next week but um initially especially where i sort of um, always have contacts and i talk to my brother talk to my grandparents the situation is um uh still quite bad um so i don't know if i mean from now to about september all the events are cancelled right see you know the olympics are postponed to 2021 so Everything is still a bit all over the place, and I think we will only know until um, COVID nineteen settles down. And um, yeah, I suppose they'll have to find a, va- a vaccine, and then after that, everything will be clear to us.
0: Yeah. So you, 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 your European, your, your European tour is definitely off then, because that would yeah that would normally finish in, in yeah. sort of August anyway. So you know that that's 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 not going to happen. Uh, yeah. And so the most likely thing is a national tour here, here in in New Zealand is going to be your it's, it's probably going to be your target for uh initially um that's, um that's now right it, it, you're, you're based are you, are you, um well olivia was based uh has, has has gone down to Taranaki and is in a is in, is in a rural farm um uh are you are you both normally based in the same place or or do you have to sort of train separately and just come together for tournaments how, how does that work uh,
2: no so we um live has moved to auckland um uh, so we're both in the same town, which definitely helps for training.
0: The, um, because obviously when you're on tour, there's just the two of you relying on each other and you're living out of each other's pockets. Um, I guess some space when you're back home for, uh, from each other helps uh, as, as, as well because otherwise, yeah, spending that much time with each other, uh, yeah, is, is, is a lot of time to have to spend with somebody else.
2: Definitely, yeah. It works out well to go away and then... Sort of find your own space when you come back home. So definitely, it works out well.
0: The uh, and, and and on that side of things. Um, well, thank you very much. It's been a, an absolute joy talking to you and, and learning about the path and, and how you came into, it, which is very different to, uh, to the other people I've talked about talked to it so far in in the volleyball. Uh, any other sort of points that um that you'd like to make or that that I've kind of missed out?
2: Um, no, Paul. It was lovely to chat to you. Um it's kind of nice to talk about um my journey with volleyball cuz sometimes it brings back memories. So no, thank you for the chat.
0: So the well actually, let's, let's 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 on the memories thing any any favorite stories from playing volleyball in Italy with the teams?
2: Um with Indoor?
0: With Indoor, yep. Yeah.
2: Oh, it's just it's just always been a huge roller coaster um of emotions just because Um, I change teams quite often so every year or every couple of years I was going from one town to the other so you move gyms, you move teams, you move people you play with so um, I think every year has been really special for me and yeah just to be able to remember that and perhaps tonight I'll message a couple of my old teammates to see how they are so no it's always good to remember.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Um, don't forget, everybody, you can watch this uh, the, the, the interview on uh, our Facebook page, New Zealand Sports Radio, or if you prefer to listen um, as you're doing other things, then we're available as a podcast on um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Acast, all your favourite podcatchers. Just search for New Zealand Sports Radio. Um, thank you so much, Francesca, for, um, for joining us on The Long Talk. It's been an absolute pleasure.